February is Heart Health Month. There's no better time to focus on heart-healthy habits like eating more dark chocolate, groundbreaking results from Harvard's massive Cosmos study on cocoa flavanols show a 39% reduction in the risk of cardiovascular death among participants consuming cocoa flavanols daily. I search high and low for cocoa products that deliver meaningful amounts of healthful flavanols with great flavor and minimal sugar. I'm thrilled to have found Flava Naturals. Flavor Naturals Performance Dark Chocolate Bars and Cocoa Powder deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate. Their secret is sourcing premium, high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to help improve your blood pressure and cholesterol levels, possibly reduce your chance of heart attack and stroke. I use it every day. To order, just go to flavanaturals.com. That's flavanaturals.com. There you'll find details on Harvard's Cosmos study and great recipes, too. That's flavanaturals.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today, we're going to talk about probiotics and we're going to offer you a primer, or primer, depending how you pronounce it, on probiotics. Because we want to stick to the basics and acquaint our listeners with the basics about probiotics. Uh, answering uh, such important questions as, you know, which probiotics to select. There's such a profusion of opportunities out there in terms of obtaining probiotics. Uh, we're going to talk uh, about, uh, you know, whether probiotics are likely to be absorbed. We're going to talk uh, also uh, about some exciting findings. We're going to take you from uh, a primer, you know, the basics uh, to, I guess, the equivalent of a PhD in microbiome science. Uh, that's what happens when I get together with my good colleague, uh, Ross Pelton. Uh, Dr. Ross Pelton is Director of Science and Education for Essential Formulas, Inc., which specializes in premium probiotic products uh, like Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics, uh, which you hear me frequently mention because it's my favorite probiotic formula. He's a pharmacist, clinical nutritionist, health educator, the author of 12 books. Uh, congratulations because uh, on the success of your book about rapamycin. We've talked about that on one of our uh, anti-aging podcasts. Uh, he was also named one of the top 50 most influential pharmacists in America by American Druggist Magazine for his work in natural medicine. Uh, he could, You can find his uh, great information at his personal website, uh, which is naturalpharmacist.net. Am I correct, Russ? Yes, Ron. That's correct. Okay. So we're going to have a great discussion. That's what happens uh, when uh, a couple of micro biome geeks like us get together. Uh, but for you first, let's, let's answer some uh, basic questions. Uh, thanks for starting the new year with a probiotics 101 primer for our listeners. You know, we've all heard quite a lot about the benefits of probiotics. However, can you share with our listeners what to expect when starting probiotic supplements? You know, what, what's the experience like? Sure, Dr. Huffman. Well, it's always a pleasure to be with you on Intelligent Medicine. And I know you've got a wide range of intelligent listeners out there. Uh, we'll start with the basics. Uh, one thing that people need to understand is that when they take probiotics, we know they go into the gastrointestinal tract, 
But the benefits from probiotics go far beyond the gastrointestinal tract. A lot of the compounds that the bacteria make get absorbed into your systemic circulation, and they really influence every single organ system in the body, especially your immune system and your brain. And so we can talk about all these things, uh, but the basics are that probiotic bacteria help regulate your digestion, your absorption of nutrients, and then they send out signals that have regulatory effects for all the different organ systems in the body. Okay, well, let's start with the gut. That's not where it ends, but let's start with the gut. Uh, what's happening in your GI tract when you take uh, a probiotic like Dr. Ahira's? Well, the gut microbiome, the, we call it the, the gut microbiome ecosystem. And this is where the probiotic bacteria reside. And um, so when you take them, they go in through your system and down into the colonic area, actually the end of your digestive tract. And that's where over 99.9% .9 of the bacteria in your intestinal system reside. And they create an environment that allows the bacteria to digest food compounds and create secondary metabolites that we call these postbiotic metabolites. And these are really the health-regulating compounds that influence your body. You know, for a long time, people have intuitively known that probiotic bacteria help regulate their health, but people really didn't understand the mechanism of action. So now that mystery is starting to unfold and be understood, and we understand it's the bacteria that digest components in your food to produce secondary compounds, these postbiotic metabolites. And these are master health regulating compounds for the whole body. And in the gastrointestinal tract, they help to create the proper acid base balance that promotes the growth of your probiotic bacteria and it inhibits the growth of pathogens. So it's a really critical part of your immune system. Uh, so that's a good starting point. So, so they, they, they make good stuff, but uh, can probiotics make an impact on your digestion? Can people expect to see changes in, uh, you know, if they suffer from constipation or alternatively from uh, urgency, uh, you know, sometimes referred to as IBS, irritable bowel syndrome? Uh, can they expect to see dividends and how long will it take before they might experience that? Sure. Well, um we talk about a term called dysbiosis, and that basically just means an imbalance between the good and the bad bacteria in the intestinal tract. And a healthy gut microbiome has roughly about 85 to 90 percent good bacteria and only about 10 to 15 percent bad bacteria. We all have some bad bacteria, but when the good bacteria predominate, the bad ones really don't cause problems. But when things do get out of balance, people frequently get symptoms like gas, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, pain, and inflammation. And so when you take probiotics, and especially Dr. O'Hara's probiotics, you can really resolve some of these uh, symptoms very quickly. And so that's a lot of what people will recognize or realize when they start taking probiotics is improvements in the uh, the symptoms they have when they have an, a dysbiosis condition and things are out of balance to begin with. You know, some people ask, you know, you mentioned that uh, the site of action of these probiotics is kind of lower down in the intestinal tract. Can you expect to see potential dividends, you know, higher up? Because a lot of people are suffering from uh, GERD, you know, reflux. That's a big theme on this program. People say, oh, I've been diagnosed with hiatal hernia. The doctor says I need to be on uh, acid blocking medication indefinitely. 
can what's going on in your colon impact what's happening higher up? Um, it can, and, and yet people that have reflux, um, it, it may be something like H. pylori. It's often uh, not enough hydrochloric acid being produced in the stomach, and probiotics don't have a major influence on that. They can help a little bit, uh, but I, I really like to get people to solve uh, this reflux problem naturally rather than going on the prescription drugs because they have a, a lot of downstream side effects that I wrote about in my drug-induced nutrient depletion handbook. Um, so that involves really a healthy diet and really being well hydrated. And um, there's another product that I recommend for people that really have serious reflux that has DGL licorice and mm -hmm. alginate. I'm a big it's fan of DGL that. Yeah. Yeah kind of it turns into a slimy mass and mixes with your saliva and coats the lining of your stomach. The alginate in the product, when it gets into the stomach, it turns into hundreds of thousands of tiny little bubbles and creates a foamy uh, mass on the surface of the contents of the stomach that kind of acts like a barrier and prevents the th contents from the stomach from refluxing back up into the, the esophagus. But that's a little off our target uh, of talking about probiotics here. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, so a fundamental question might be, uh, are probiotics merely to treat certain problems uh, or are they something that people should consider as part of a general uh, health supportive program? I mean, perhaps some people are experiencing symptoms. They have diarrhea. They have constipation, uh, bloating. They may, OK, I'm going to take a probiotic. But what about, you know, just regular people, you know, people over a certain age? Uh, is it advisable to consider taking a probiotic as a part of your daily regimen? I do. I don't particularly have digestive problems, but I do take probiotics preventively. Same here, Dr. Hoffman. I um, I strongly recommend that people consider taking a good probiotic um, for preventive measures because the old adage, um, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, That that's really not true. An ounce of prevention is worth a ton of cure. <laughs> you want to everything you can to prevent these problems from developing. So I encourage people to be proactive and take steps to create and maintain a healthy gut microbiome. And of course, you and I both recommend Dr. Here's probiotics. Indeed. Uh, so as a general uh, preventive measure, now, now you mentioned earlier, you know, a healthy uh, gut uh, has about 85% good bacteria, maybe 10 to 15% so-called bad bacteria. Uh, but, is that a normal state in the U.S. Uh, and in the developing world in 2023? I mean, what are some of the challenges that mess up that ideal state? That's a great topic, Dr. Hoffman. Uh, I think most people alive today have some degree of dysbiosis and gut problems, and oftentimes they're not aware of it. But the problem comes down to bad environment, which we're well aware of, but also people don't eat the types of food that are required to feed their probiotics. And so if you aren't consuming the types of food to feed your probiotic bacteria well, they can't produce these postbiotic metabolites to regulate your health. And the two primary food groups for your probiotic bacteria are dietary fibers 
and compounds that fall into the category called polyphenols. And I've got multiple studies that say that 90 to 95 percent of American children and adults do not consume enough of these plant-based foods to get the dietary fibers and polyphenols that they need. So I think everybody or most people are suffering from not getting enough of these plant-based foods to feed their probiotics. And so they have some degree of gut problems, even if they aren't aware of them. And we can talk about that a little later. There's a, a study that really is quite remarkable showing that people with gut problems have significant inflammation, even though they're not aware of it. Hmm. Well, from a tangible standpoint, you know, a lot of people, you know, we can talk about some of the theoretical benefits of, of probiotics, but from a tangible standpoint, uh, how can a person tell when the probiotics are, are kicking in? What are some of the most common uh, health impacts that they may see uh, in a relatively short time in terms of their, their overall well-being? Well, I mentioned the gut symptoms like gas and bloating and diarrhea and constipation and so forth. Um, as some people get improvements in skin conditions and probiotics, what we call the gut-brain axis, the probiotics send signals to the brain that influence your moods and your emotions. And so some people might end up feeling better, you know, having, having less depression, less anxiety. And one thing I'll toss in here that I think is kind of interesting is that Dr. Hirsch Probiotics has a, a published study with women who are college students who have a history of constipation. Every single one of these women made significant problems and resolved their constipation taking Dr. Hirsch Probiotics. And the thing that's unique about this is that Dr. Hirsch also solves the problem of diarrhea. And so some people ask me, well, how can it be good for diarrhea? Right. And is it, in other words, is it a laxative? And it, it doesn't work like laxatives. It's more work like an adaptogen. It's a regulator. Exactly. That's exactly the term I use is an adaptogen. It regulates and normalizes the gastrointestinal microbiome ecosystem. So it brings things back to normal. Indeed. Uh, okay, so apropos of this 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 gut brain connection, you know, they sometimes talk about probiotics as psychobiotics, and you know, I'm sure you're aware of this research, but I, I uh, dug up an article which I actually talked about on my weekend show. Uh, the headline: Food for Thought: Feeding Microbes to Deal with Stress. Now, you know, some problems, you know, Alzheimer's disease, a dread problem, but, you know, very common. It affects hundreds of thousands, if not millions, but it stress is among the most ubiquitous problems that people experience on a day to day basis. Fascinating study. This is done in uh, Ireland. I'm, I'm sure it's crossed your, your desk, uh, University College in Cork. Uh, what they did was, and this is a, it's a mouse study, uh, but what they did is they compared mice, uh, who had a sterile gut. You know, no bacteria. Uh, and then uh, they looked at um, uh, the effect of uh, replacing uh, bacteria uh, from uh, mice that were, let's see if I get this right. Um, oh, no, excuse me. This is a human study, even better. 45 healthy individuals with relatively low-fiber diets were recruited from the university student population. Again, students, terrible diets, right? Like your, you know, constipated, yeah. you know, uh, college women. Uh, they put them on uh, a diet high in prebiotic fibers, 
which encourages the growth of beneficial bacteria, uh, including foods, fermented foods, sauerkraut, kefir, kombucha, uh, onions, leeks, cabbage, apples, bananas, oats. Um, and they found it had actually had a, a, an impact on their perceived stress. So, uh, you know, so the, the notion is that by nourishing the microbiome through diet, through, you know, supplements, uh, that it can actually have a psychobiotic effect. The second study uh, is on uh, Parkinson's disease. Uh, new study puts gut microbiome at the center of Parkinson's disease pathogenesis. And then I read a, uh, an article about this, perhaps you've seen it in Scientific American, uh, which shows that for not every case of Parkinson's, but a considerable high percentage of Parkinson's cases, there's a gut-brain connection via the vagus nerve, via some of the toxic things that are made by bad bacteria that may ultimately affect the brain. They found uh, that you could you could almost uh, predict Parkinson's disease based on a stool sample. You know, if you have a bad you know, balance of bacteria, yeah. you might have a uh, high risk of Parkinson's. Fascinating. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I, I've written about this a little bit recently in my uh, paper that's soon to be published called The Microbiome Theory of Aging. I sent you a copy and uh, feel free to post that so that all of your listeners can have access to it. But uh, in that particular paper, I talked about the new mechanisms being understood and how stress causes leaky gut. Okay. And when you're under stress, it could be physical or emotional stress, but the brain sends signals to the gut which cause the uh, tight junctions in the intestinal tract to be degraded and open up and create leaky gut. And you and I know that leads to all kinds of health problems. So that's a, a new kind of a new understanding of how stress can actually create um, this intestinal permeability or leaky gut and lead to all sorts of problems. Indeed. And, uh, and here's one, uh, you know, sometimes um, I try to challenge you to see if you've read everything I've read, this one just came out this month. In fact, just last week, gut microbiome and its products promote endometriosis in animal model. Uh, I'll send you the, the link on that study. Uh, but what they were able to do is they are actually able to uh, transfer uh, stool from uh, mice who had minimal endometriosis. This is a, an animal model of endometriosis. Not all mice get endometriosis, but in a, you know, they create lab models for this. Uh, when gut microbiome free mice received micro, gut microbiota from mice with endometriosis, the lesions grew as large mm -hmm. as those in mice. So it's almost like you could catch endometriosis via the bacteria, the bad bacteria in your gut. So th this opens up a whole new set of possibilities for the millions of women who suffer from endometriosis, which can be a devastating condition. Exactly. You bet. Oh, the, the, the benefits go on and on because the gut microbiome really is a central regulator for the health of your whole body. Indeed. Uh, so, all right. So, so, you know, back on the subject of uh, probiotics, uh, all right, we've got so many options when, you know, I just was in the health food store and, you know, there's a whole shelf of probiotics. And then it, even in the refrigerated section, there's refrigerated ones, there are ones in capsules that sit on the shelves. Uh, they, you know, there's, there's some in milk base. There's some that are non-dairy because people don't want dairy. Uh, and, and, you know, some 
uh, are single things, you know, like uh, whatever, lactobacillus, acidophilus, alone. Uh, then there are formulas that combine several things together. Uh, so how do you know what to take? Oh, then there's, of course, there's the enteric coated, the non-enteric coated, you know, because it's supposed to survive the passage through the stomach. Some people say if you take oral pro, uh, probiotics, they, you know, they all get killed off on the way down so they don't do any good. So that's a whole topic unto itself. You've raised a whole slew of questions here that we can dive into. So um, let me just start with talking about uh, commercial probiotics. Yep. Uh, you're just commercial probiotics contain probiotic bacteria, and you're right. A lot of them do not survive transit through the harsh acid environment in the stomach. So a lot of them get killed before they even go to work. And secondly, in order to be effective, those commercial bacteria have to go through the intestinal tract and reach the colon. And then when they reach the colon, they have to find dietary fibers or polyphenols and start the process of converting them into postbiotic metabolites. So those are the health-related compounds. But we just talked about a little earlier that most people aren't eating adequate amounts of dietary polyphenols and, and dietary fibers. So a lot of people are not getting anywhere near the benefit that they hope to get by taking commercial probiotics because they're not getting a diverse range. It's not just quantity, but it's also a diversity of different types of fiber and polyphenols. And this is where we segue into talking about Dr. O'Hara's probiotics because Dr. O'Hara created this external system of fermentation where the bacteria get to digest and ferment plant-based foods for up to three years. And in the process, they create over 500 of these postbiotic metabolites. So when you take Dr. O'Hara's, they immediately go to work providing anti-inflammatory activity and readjusting the acid-base balance and providing energy for the colonocytes and reestablishing gut-brain communication and just a whole range of activities. And so Dr. Hears gives immediate activity where the other bacteria that are in capsules that people take, those bacteria haven't done any work yet. They haven't had a chance to produce postbiotic metabolites. They probably aren't going to find the adequate food they need when they arrive in the colon. So big difference between everybody else in the marketplace and Dr. Hears probiotics. You know, I, I think, you know, for the sake of uh, simplicity and for the sake of, uh, you know, occupying a marketing niche uh, is referred to as Dr. Hears probiotics. But I, I kind of consider Dr. Hears products as uh, concentrated uh, fermented foods uh, that they are... They're, 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 you know, you get the benefits of eating fermented foods, but in a very concentrated form, but also the, the, the fact that they've been vetted for five years, they've been aged, uh, really enhances, uh, their, their benefit. It's a guarantee of their viability because they've survived, you know, this, this exactly. long period of time. You brought up a great point there that, that like, they're like fermented foods. And in fact, the fermentation process that Dr. O'Hara created externally in a manufacturing plant mimics the fermentation process that happens in the colon in the natural digestive process. So it's really a natural type process that produces the compounds that the body will naturally produce if you're feeding your probiotic bacteria well. Um, and, and another topic to talk about. Excuse me. And that's actually what appealed to me around, and it must have been, you know, the guy's must be nearly 20 years ago, you know, and I was a big fan of probiotics. 
and I had other, frankly, I had other probiotic sponsors. But then, you know, I went to uh, a medical convention and I saw a booth where they were talking about Dr. Uh, here's probiotics. And I thought, this is genius. This is really uh, a way of overcoming some of the obstacles and objections to the efficacy of, pro- of probiotics, you know, because it's, it's a multiplicity of species. There's a lot of bites at the apple to replenish your GI microbiome. Exactly. You you had a similar experience to me. I, I was speaking at a health conference in Florida um, uh, over 20 years ago, uh, walking through the exhibit hall to look at all the companies and the different products and so forth. And I found essential formulas and started talking to Michael and William Shore. And they explained Dr. Here's probiotics and this concept of postbiotic metabolites. And it just it just made sense to me. And it's still making sense. Okay, great, great stuff. We have lots more to cover on the subject of uh, probiotics. We want to offer people uh, uh, a primer on the subject. This is uh, Probiotics 101, and we're going to answer uh, some of your most uh, uh, frequently asked questions on the subject of uh, probiotics and the microbiome. We're talking to an expert. Uh, he's Ross Pelton, uh, and Ross is a great communicator uh, who – uh, has done a lot of research on this. And, and Russ, just mention, you know, your new paper. Are you going to make it available to the public? Uh, on uh, the, yeah. It's entitled we'll uh, it The uh, Microbiome Theory of Aging. Yep. It will, essential Formulas will make it available on their website, and um, and I'll be sending it out to all the people I do interviews with. So uh, if you've posted on the show notes, feel free to make it available to people. Uh, absolutely. Okay, yes, yeah, send it send it again because it's somewhere in my files. I read it and I didn't realize you were going to make it available to the public because I, I didn't want to jump the gun because sometimes it's, you know, sure, it's, it's, it. it's like we're done. people tell yeah. me it's going to be published and, uh, you know, we got to wait for the publication date. So the cat's out of the bag. It's going <laughs> to be released and we want to <laughs> yeah. spread the word. But uh, for people who want more information and eventually it'll be posted there, uh, visit www.essentialformulas.com. Uh, to get a bunch of information about Dr. Here's Probiotics. Products are available there, uh, but also via Sprouts, Vitamin Shop, Whole Foods, and other natural health retailers across the U.S. And, of course, online. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.